Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Steel and Steam, a podcast all about heritage railways and the volunteers that work there. Today we're going to have an interview with Craig Durham, so let's get started and jump right into the episode. Hope you enjoy. Hello Craig, how are you mate? I'm not too bad, yourself? I'm pretty good, thanks for asking. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. No worries. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. So, let's dive straight into it then. T- tell everybody a bit about yourself. Ah, okay. Um, so, I can go back to being a little kid and just watching um, some trains go past at the Neen Valley, which is my local. Uh, so, a few years of doing that sort of thing. Um, I kind of got out of the railways for uh, maybe 10 years or so. And then I kind of got this itch. Uh, it, it, it's sort of like an unscratchable itch uh, to get back into it. I, I was still fascinated by locomotives and things. So um, maybe about 10, 12 years ago, I got back into main, I started modeling again. Uh, yeah. And then I just started sort of migrating and going back to the railways and going back for just the odd days out and things and go back to galas and it's kind of uh it's kind of gathered a bit of traction there really because uh yeah um, i've ended up going to loads and loads of different places now um more often than not with a camera in tow and (laughs) it's quite nice just to get to various different railways speak to different people and uh learn as much as I can and pick up as much as I can. I did try to, well, I say try, I did <laughs> I did apply to uh, do some volunteering many years ago. Um, yeah. But, uh, and I did go through the exam for like the line side uh, um, safety. Oh, the PTS. Yeah, that's it. And uh, passed all that, all ready to go. And then I got a job and didn't have the time and oh, no. by the wayside um and I just to be honest I just didn't have the energy to do a volunteering as well as my day job and it's kind of been the same uh, since really but okay. uh, but since that's happened now I've done quite a few other things so I've traveled about a bit and gone to quite a few different railways of I've been to some various museums abroad. I've uh, wow. met quite a few people through uh, the fandom, shall we say? <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. So just sort of been in, enjoying being. Well, I don't like. I'm not entirely sure I like the word, but uh, I like the the word the rail fan doing the rail fanning thing. Yes, yeah, that makes sense. Very, it's very nice fair. to get a different perspective. <laughs> yeah, because normally I've I've. Uh, well, last person, Richie, was a volunteer. But mm. to actually get a different perspective is actually really nice. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, because I guess for yourself, what would be a great day at the railway? What would what would be your ideal day at the railway? Well, for me? Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends. See, this is, this is a tough question. An ideal, for, uh, an ideal day at the railway for me 
Wow, that's actually quite a tough question because I like <laughs> working. Sorry, I'm, so, I'm asking you the questions now. <laughs> I just realised. <laughs> Fair play. Oh, wow, yeah, that's actually quite a tough question, to be fair. See, I get a lot of satisfaction from working at the railway because mm. you're working with a piece of history. But yeah. I love visiting as well because you get the customer experience side of things. So that, that's actually... <laughs> it's a fairly loaded that's question, a question, isn't it? Wow, you hit me with a hard one there, certainly. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, to answer the question myself, uh, what makes a great day out is I've gone to a railway, the weather's great, it's warm, <laughs> you know, um, there's some great traction on, maybe some visiting locos or something. It's a big gala. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think one of the best days out I actually did was for the Mallard, no, yeah, one of okay. There's going to be two. I've just thought of two now. Oh, go then. The first one was probably Railfest 2012. Okay, what was that about? The best ones. That was at the NRM. Um, so I went along uh, with a friend, and we they had a huge display. Um, there was a theme that year of record breakers. So they had quite a lot of displays of uh, there's production HST, prototype HST, Scotsman, Mallard, Duchess of Hamilton, um, City of Truro, I think, uh, Prince Lizzie. Uh, yeah. And various other locos all outside on in the yard area at the NRM um, at York. And that was probably one of the best events. And the second best event would have been the Mallard 75 stuff. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was quite incredible, really. Um, I was quite fortunate. It's on the 3rd of July, the actual uh, 75th anniversary. I actually did travel up to um, York behind Tornado on a rail tour. So I was quite lucky to go there by steam as well <laughs> that's fantastic i'm so envious of that fair play yeah that was when she was in the blue livery oh. um, I, I really like that livery <laughs> it's a really tough <laughs> I choice between people the blue and green. <laughs> but yeah um yeah so yeah i've been trying to visit as many places as i can the furthest I've managed to go to is California. Um, I did wow. travel. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I did go to the State Railway Railroad Museum. <laughs> and, uh, I'll get I'll get my uh, wording right. <laughs> the, <laughs> so we had the State Railroad Museum at Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, the, they're sort of, I think it's like their flagship uh, loco is the, uh, is it Southern Pacific, the Camp Forward? Uh, I'm not 100% sure if I'm honest. 
Yeah, absolute monster of a machine. Cab forward designed. Think of something nearly as big as a big boy, but with the uh, the front end of the loco sort of swap round. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, then yeah, I'm with you. Gigantic, yeah. Uh, and uh, me and my partner at the time, we also managed to travel on a section of the the coast starlight route between Oakland and Santa Barbara. So, so how did that? Sorry. <laughs> so so I'm just excited because I want to ask you so many questions about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm getting too far ahead of myself here. Yeah, so that, that's probably what, the first. What, <laughs> what sorry. Uh, yeah, so that's probably the furthest I've been um, and um, train stuff. Uh, that was a bit of a tough sell for the uh, for my girlfriend at the time, but uh, she. She was good about it. She was good. She understood. <laughs> well, that's the main thing, as long as she understood. So, how does the how did the American differ to the to the UK then heritage scene? Um, well, I can only go by the the museum itself. How how I felt that from my observation, anyway, my very brief observation, uh, it it felt like they don't have quite as much locomotives as we do. Okay. I think we've, I mean, in Britain, we've probably got the biggest selection of preserved locomotives, but uh, yeah. I get the impression that the for the Americans, I feel that uh, steam is probably a lot more fewer and far between. Uh, That's a shame. What we've got, but uh, they have some beautiful designs. Uh, when you can think about the the trains of like the old western things, the the log burners, um, or even going on to the the thirties and onwards with the early diesel, uh, the di- early diesel electrics. Um, it they just do things on a different scale over there. <laughs> can I can imagine. Well, they're a lot bigger country for starters. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, oh, I'm so envious. Fair play. <laughs> No, that's so. Yeah. If you get the chance, go. It's brilliant. No, definitely. It's definitely on my bucket list. So, which was your favourite museum to visit then abroad? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, so, other ones I've been to, I really enjoyed Utrecht, the Dutch uh, railway museum. Yeah, which is actually not too far outside of Amsterdam. So. As a bonus, you can actually get a uh, a Dutch ICE from Amsterdam to Utrecht. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Yeah, you can get the Dutch ICEs, which are really, really comfortable. And if you pay for the first class, you get the, you can go to the seat behind the driver and there's a big glass wall <laughs> so you can see into the cab. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> make sure the driver's not having a kit. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, Utrecht is one I'd really recommend um, for a number of reasons, really, especially if you're coming from Britain, because they have quite a lot of war department stuff there. Uh, okay, yeah. Particularly at the museum, they have a couple of um, war department uh, diesel electric shunters, what essentially became the, the OA. Um, they have two of those. They have one in black, 
and they have one in a very unique stencil. You, I can't describe it. You, it's something you'd probably have to have a look at uh, online. They have these fantastic stenciled, uh, stenciled loco and a stenciled wagon which matches it. It's surreal and brilliant. Uh, I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, um, and along with that, they also have the WD two ten O lawnmower. Yeah, um, and I believe I'm not sure if they're at the museum now, uh, but they also have. Um, I think they have a couple of the EM twos over there, don't they? Um, but I think those might be at a different location now. Um, but yeah, when you're going around the, the Dutch Railway Museum and you look at the builders, a lot of them are places like Bay Peacock. Um, a lot of them were British built engines. Really? Yeah, it, it's it's quite su- surreal, really. Um, one which is really of note, um, I can't remember the, the Dutch class name, but there's one which is based on, I think. Is it a Highland Railway 440? It's based on it, so it's a it's a dead ringer with a few sort of Dutch embellishments. But yeah, that's uh, a really good museum to go to. Dead easy to get to as well. Mm-hmm. So um, where, where was that? So everybody can, uh, you know, everybody <laughs> listening can book it if they wish. <laughs> yeah, so for when people can actually go anywhere. Um, oh, yeah, that's true with this <laughs> dreaded pandemic. Um, yeah, so it is the, excuse the pronunciation, the Nederlands Spoorweg Museum, uh, essentially Dutch Railway Museum, uh, which, is based, <laughs> which is based in Utrecht, which is not far outside of Amsterdam. I think it was about a 20-minute train journey. Um, oh, wow. That's not bad, yeah. then. Yeah, I, 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 that's one of the ones I'd recommend. You, and I think you could probably do it in a day if you actually planned it right. <laughs> fly over <laughs> um, train and fly back. You could probably do it. <laughs> uh, so the other stuff I done, I, I was fortunate enough a few years ago to go to Austria and um, took a lot ride along the, again, the pronunciation, uh, Pinsgauer local barn. Oh, wow, that would have been fantastic. Yeah, that's the narrow gauge in Austria. Um, yeah, so that, that's another one I'm quite jealous of, actually. Yeah, that, that was absolutely fantastic because uh, in the summer, um, they normally run like a weekly tourist train. Yeah, we picked it up at a place called Mittersill, but uh, I think it starts at Zellemsee and takes you all the way up to Cremel Waterfall. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's a really it's quite cheap as well. It's it was about thirty five euros each, I think, for the return trip. Gosh, that's that, not a lot, really. <laughs> that that yeah, that was really really quite. Uh, we were quite glad of that, actually. Um, again, Nix at the time was quite happy with the price of that. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine. Do yeah. you have an Instagram or anything where all these pictures are that you can plug? Um, <laughs> I, I don't have an Instagram. I do have a 
Flickr page, which I think is under the East Coast Steam branding. Um, or, yeah, I think it's just on the, on my Flickr page, actually. <laughs> um, Get over to Flickr and look at them, then. Yeah. Um, it, it will either be under the Cold Gunner or East Coast Steam. I can't remember what it's under now. <laughs> um, yeah, this is how well I've prepared myself. <laughs> um, well, you're about as prepared as me, then, really. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so what uh, what happens there is um, you've got the narrow gauge. I think it's um, I think it's a two foot narrow gauge, and each week they run a steam trip all the way along. Uh, from one uh, out and back sort of thing to the waterfall. The what we found really quite nice about it is the people are lovely. I cannot fault the people, but also it's stock which has got verandas. Yeah. So rather than like over here, you kind of like no, you're staying inside. <laughs> you can't go outside. You can't go outside and and uh, stand on the verandas. But. Uh, oh. So basically, it's like Henrietta then, Toby's Toby the Tram's uh, carriage, if you like, or coach. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah, to put a description on it, it's kind of like that. Yeah, and you can stand on the ends. It's fantastic. It's really good ride along. Um, and if you get a great day, you pretty much follow the river all the way down. It's fantastic. That's um, so cool. <laughs> and uh, the other place which I have been to. Um, is the Deutsche Technik Museum in Berlin. Yeah. Now, that's kind of got all sorts. Uh, so if you are into trains, planes, automobiles, anything technology-related, uh, you'll like it. But one of the things this place had, uh, and you can imagine the kind of history you have in a city like Berlin, um, is that it's actually got two roundhouses. Okay. So if you can imagine the Continental-style sort of uh, crescent roundhouse with the turntable in the middle. They yeah. Two of those. And if you go into them, you, if you can imagine walking in and you've got um, Class 52s, uh, the Class A1s, the Pacifics, uh, some of the larger diesels like i think they have like the v200 and things like that yeah so yeah you've got a uh these ma- these ginormous called german engines <laughs> um <laughs> it's, it's a really good place because uh, it was actually a depot uh, at, at one point or another and you actually explore the grounds there's lots of sort of bushes with rails and things running through. It's very eclectic, very, very curious, <laughs> but it's well worth an explore. It's also worth going to see for the DC-3 they've put up on the roof. <laughs> yes, I definitely not, agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the uh, the German one. Um, so... Yeah, I think for my continental visits, that's probably about it, really. Um, I've got a few more plans. I'd like to get to Nuremberg and I'd like to get to Mulhouse for the French Museum. 
Yeah. Um, but, uh, the pandemic's over, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a little bit more paperwork to do this time as well. Um, oh, yeah. That's about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Um, but I've been around quite a lot of Britain as well. Um, okay. So, so, with you being a rail fan then, uh, mm. yeah, so I'm assuming you take your cameras there or whatever. Could you go mm. through what you do in a day then if you visit a railway? Um, well, for, I'll, I'll take you through uh, a typical day like the Great Central, for example, which is one of my probably more regular haunts. So to get there, I, I normally leave about sort of six o'clock in the morning. It takes me just a, over an hour to go. So I actually do plan to get there between half seven and eight o'clock, so it's not always six o'clock. Uh, I'll turn up and uh, I tend to, I like mooching around. <laughs> so yeah. anywhere which um, anywhere which I can go and explore the goods yards or, or can go explore sidings or the engine sheds, I'm there. I'm loving it. I'm walking around doing, <laughs> just mooching around looking at things and inspecting things and I'm a very strange person. <laughs> but, no, um, it's everybody else that's strange. We're the normal people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one of the most <laughs> important things of getting to the railway is food. Obviously food. <laughs> um, and uh, so, I mean, I uh, I have a few sort of uh, friend circles, so sometimes we'll meet up uh, we'll, uh, we'll try not to cause too much havoc, but we have a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, That's the main thing, as long as you have fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but if I've gone on my own, I actually, um, I kind of like to sit with my thoughts and just sort of watch the world go by, really. Because uh, I, I also like, as much as I like engine watching, I also like people watching as well. People fascinate me. Um, that's interesting. That's, that's a different way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, but I, I will tend to migrate towards the sheds and things. So sometimes I'll bump into someone and have a chat. Um, yeah. I like going on like the tours and things. Um, particularly with the Great Central, actually, is they often have their shed open. Um you can go and have a walk around and have a look at uh, what's in bits and what's in storage and check all the progress really on on what's going on. Uh, so you get a proper, you get an insight to it from an outsider's perspective, which is quite nice. Yeah, yeah, and I, like I say, I do like to engage people in conversation. I do like to ask a lot of questions and things, and, and I tend to find the volunteers really pick up on that. Uh, I, I think uh, you may be able to confirm this, but you love talking about what you're doing. <laughs> if you're passionate about something, you won't stop talking about it. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, exactly. I I could talk for hours and hours and hours with someone. <laughs> and There's nothing wrong with that. No, uh, no, exactly. <laughs> I'll try not to make your podcast go on too long. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I do try to get to some of the major events. Um, me and a few friends, we did manage to do several years ago. If you remember Telford in 150? 
Yep. Yeah, did you get yourself along to that one? No, I didn't, unfortunately. Uh, uh, I missed it. Yeah, because is that one of your regulars, the Talithlin? Langochlin more so, but yes, Talithlin I do volunteer at as well. Yeah, yeah, I I absolutely adored it. I really did, and I'd like to go back. No, the Talithlin's an amazing. Mm. The reason I go to Langochlin more is because it's literally on my doorstep. Oh, okay, yeah. That's kind of on the way for me, really, isn't it, Langoffin? Yes, it is. You've, you've basically got to bounce off Langoffin to get to the Talithlin. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, many years ago, me and a few friends, we actually did four railways in four days. We were quite proud of it. <laughs> so, oh, wow. That, which four were they then? So this was on the Talithlin 150 weekend. So we did Seven Valley. Yep. Uh, we did the Tantlin, the Vale of Rydal, and yep. the Fistiniog, half of the Fistiniog on Welsh Island. Oh, I love the Fistiniog line. Mm, you get a good long run out, don't you? It's a good yeah, I love the Fistiniog. Mm. And they've got an on-train bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with that. Yeah, that that's to be fair, that that was good going. That. <laughs> yeah, I was. We I did go back with my ex a few years later, and we did the Welsh Highlands uh, half of the line. And, I've not done um, that part myself yet. I'm ashamed to say. Oh really? That, that it's it's really good. Um, well, what happened was I, I booked the my partner, fair play. She booked the um, booked the Pullman. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and of course the pandemic happened. Ah, ah, right. Yeah, you were well unlucky. <laughs> we um, yeah, yeah. We we turned up at uh, Carnarvon Station. It had been absolutely pouring with rain, if you can imagine. And this is before yeah. they had all the new station uh, built because they've yeah. got a whole new platform in there, haven't they? Yes, they um, have. And so we are absolutely dog wet through. So we thought, right, okay, we're doing this. We're doing it properly. We'll, we'll buy the Pullman seats. That was quite expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but as I said, it was meant to be a perfect treat, but it just didn't happen. Everything fell through. Mm, yeah. That, no, I mean everything. Yeah. I've, I've pre- I think I've done – what have I done? I think this year I have – I did manage to get to steam over at Swindon. Um, I did manage to get a day at the Great Central. And I got to get a ride with Thomas at the knee. <laughs> oh, yes. I love a day out with Thomas. I, I love the Neen Valleys one. Because um, <laughs> of the... Uh, well, it's a historical engine in itself. Um, yeah, it is. And... My God, can it bark? It really barks. <laughs> yeah, this is true. It doesn't half bark. You are right. Yeah, it's yeah. Quite a bark, and it's a very strange um, sort of a strange ride because he sort of surges. Yes, uh, it's not which, smooth. Uh, it, it's it's very as you said. It's yeah, it jerks, doesn't it? Yeah, it's very industrial. <laughs> that, that's the word I was looking for, industrial. 
Mm. Yeah, I, I I do like our local Thomas. It, it, we call it the proper Thomas. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that one. <laughs> Are you getting yourself to the SVR in a, um, this year? Hopefully. I was going to try to, um, depending on, obviously, the current situation. But, uh, yeah, I was hoping to try and get myself out for all, even if I can do a long day out there. I want to get out there. I, I we did go to the Seven Valley um, years ago, and it was a really good. It was a really good run. Uh, it's a very long run, uh, which uh, has its plus and minuses, really, doesn't it? The, the longer run. Yes. We found. I went with to the West Somerset a couple of years ago, and we felt it was a great line. But we felt it was a little bit too long. Okay. Because um, I think that is one of the longest, isn't it? And I, I think it's the longest. Isn't it 20, 23 miles, I think? I could be wrong. But I've got 23 miles in my head. Yeah, it's about that. And it's a it's a couple of hours each way. And to do if you're doing the full length. Um, yeah, I can imagine this. Well, yeah, because you're limited to 25 on a heritage line, aren't you? Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to stop <laughs> but I've been on trains going faster on the heritage line. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I won't dom anyone either. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, I mean, what else have we got? So, I do try to get about a lot, like I say. Um, I'm often... I often go to York, uh, as, it, as it's not too difficult for me to get to, and I always get to see my favourite Loco there. Always get to go see Mallard. Never get bored of looking at that thing. You just can't, can you? I'm saying there's just something. It's not just that it broke the speed record for steam. It's just, it's just an amazing feat of engineering. Oh, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's just oh, one of the peaks. It's one of the peaks of engineering. Mm. Oh yeah, I'll agree. It's it's an interesting comparison when they have her lined up next to Duchess of Hamilton with her yes. streamlining. And people will disagree with me, but the A4 streamlining was just much better. <laughs> I, I people will disagree with me, but I agree with you there. Yeah. So, yeah, with the Duchess, uh, I find it, it looks like an afterthought to me. It really does. Yes. Yes, it does. It sounds horrible to say, but again, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, so um, I think York is a museum. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping from one thing to the other here. <laughs> oh, don't worry about that, honestly. <laughs> I'll continue yakking. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, it, it does not matter to me. <laughs> so yeah, with uh, with York, I, I absolutely love going to York, and I love exploring the the warehouse. Yeah, um, with all of the, this is basically it's the storeroom, isn't it? They don't know what to do with all this stuff, so we'll just put it all on shelves, and you can go and have a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we have that, and we have. Um, Shildon, don't we, as well, which I, I like Shildon a lot. It's 
it's a nice open airy modern space uh it's a little bit of a long drive for a day out but uh i've done that <laughs> um and yeah unfortunately a few years ago with um one of the photograph groups on facebook i did manage to get a tour of the new and Aycliffe facility yeah Hitachi. Um, well that'd have been interesting uh, yeah uh seeing the they were obviously doing the yeah the 800s when i went and uh what was the unit for the they were doing some units for scott rail can't remember yeah. what they were now uh ones which look like pigs with the uh, the weird doors um yeah so yeah been to the factory for that so i've actually cabbed a, a class 800 when it's half built <laughs> Ooh. Uh, got to test out all the all the seats and stuff before they all obviously got rolled out to the public <laughs> what was that like i didn't like them i'll be honest really uh, no I, I didn't like the 800 seats i i found with being a bigger guy um I found the the position. I was sitting too upright. I think they've got a long way to beat a Mark IV or a Mark III, I'm afraid. Um, Yeah, they felt very hard. (laughs) That's interesting, that. Mm. That's quite interesting. You thought that, uh, especially, you know, because the 800s are relatively new. Well, they're pretty much brand spankers, aren't they? You'd expect them to have... uh, Actually, thought a bit more of the ergonomics of that, really. I think, I think they had. I think they'd uh, contracted it out to some specialists or something, <laughs> but they don't understand how I like, how I like to have a good slouch. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Yeah, right, so just moving on a bit. Sorry, I, we've chatted loads, and I'm enjoying it. You know, so it's like, <laughs> I'm just a case of. Of just listening to what you say, I'm just trying to absorb everything. It's great. So, <laughs> so what? So, what don't you enjoy? What don't I enjoy? Um, apart from pandemics, of course. <laughs> Good answer. Um, if I'm going to pick on one thing, it will be certain parts of the community. I think there's um, some toxic people yeah about and i'm up for anything if it's a good laugh i don't i don't care if a livery is correct or if something's accurate or inaccurate i'm very much of a it's their loco they can paint it whatever color they like (laughs) i'm i'm like that myself to be honest i really am but then you get the um the real diehard purists. Yeah, you, you might. Okay, let's for example say, oh, you've got a an LNER blue A4 pulling some Mark ones. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I nor don't. do I. Um, or yeah, I, if I get to have a ride behind Thomas pulling Mark ones, that's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Um, I love any kind of oddball stuff as well. Uh, yeah, any kind of. Just yeah, but I, 
I get exactly what you mean about yeah. that. Yeah, it's trying to so, retain the fun. fun yeah, that's it. You, you've got yeah. to, haven't you? Yeah. You've got to. And speaking of fun, that leads me to my next question. Mm. I have a, a feeling you're, you're going to tell me a story about a certain someone that we know. Ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you've lined me up for this one, haven't you? Oh, I did it on purpose. Joking, yeah. Right, I'm not that. Uh, I'm not that well prepared. <laughs> uh, I do have a, a, a sort of a story um, about uh, a Mr. Eden Green. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> the famous Chris. Yeah, um, we love you, really. <laughs> so, uh, just out of coincidence, really. Um, he happened to be visiting the MVR at the same day as me. Um, I think he was, I think it was something to do with uh, City of Peterborough, actually, before that was went out. out. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the Neen floods, uh, now, how Peterborough is, is it's, everything was designed to flood outside of the city. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you go to Wandsford, there is the bridge which goes across the Neen and heads towards Peterborough. And when the area floods, that floods. So you can't get from the station across the bridge and to the path, which is the Neen Way, in fact, uh, following the railway. So, yeah, I did get to observe Chris on a very wet day <laughs> having to um, paddle his way through <laughs> The, oh no! Uh, across the across part of the cow field, I don't know what would have been on that grass. Um, <laughs> carrying all kinds of camera equipment and, and carrying his shoes and stuff. And oh, poor sod! <laughs> oh, bless him. he does a cracking job, though. Yeah, I absolutely every single one of his videos. I absolutely adore it. It's brilliant. He, he's absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah, agreed. Prior to the pandemic, he was he had been doing a few talks. Uh, yeah, he, I went over to one of his talks over at the Wells and Walsingham. Yeah, um, and so informative and telling these stories behind how he's made some of his films. And at the time, he was showing off one of his unreleased ones. Um, same day, I actually got to drive one of the Garrets on a driver for a fiver. That was fun. <laughs> a driver for a fiver? Yeah, this, I'm di- diverging again here. but um, Don't yeah. worry about that, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah, this was, I think this was during the Beast from the East, uh, the big storms. And I'd been at the North Norfolk for the day with a plan to come and see Chris's talk at the Wells and Walsingham on the way back. And yeah. so I get there and I was hoping to maybe have a, um, a ride behind the train on that day at the Wells and Walsingham. But they cancelled it and decided that instead they would do driver for a fiver. So yeah, the, it was only a short sort of uh, run, but yeah, paid my fiver. Got in Norfolk Heroin, the the Red Garrett, and uh, yeah, took it out beyond the uh, 
the platform uh, limits, just sort of up to the top of the first bit of hill. I did actually manage to wheel slip it. I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> oh, nice. I shouldn't say that, but that, nice. <laughs> it, it's, it was such a strange thing to drive, actually, because taking the opening up the regulator, it was just so smooth pulling away. I didn't quite realise it was moving. Um, wow. Okay. It's such a smooth, fantastic little garrets those are. Absolutely fantastic. And they can they can move a fair chunk. Uh, they will move a full full train of passengers and everything without uh, without really stalling or anything. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. But, okay. Uh, but yeah, so I've, I've uh, bumped into Chris a few times, um, had a few chats and stuff, and yeah, he's a, he's a thoroughly decent bloke. <laughs> um, yeah, if if he's doing one of his uh, chats anytime time, me go. It's, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, I will do. I'll definitely do that. So obviously, you know, I watch Chris. It's it's kind of he's kind of a sim, you know, a small inspiration for me doing this podcast. To be honest. So, you know, I've got his DVDs and stuff, and I do find him quite fascinating, but I've never actually been to one of his talks. So next time he does one, I will definitely ensure that I get to one. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. And uh, you'll also find yourself in a room full of like-minded people, so you'll end up talking trains all night, which is great. Uh, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm just trying to think of uh, sort of other places I've been to. So... Um, one of the ones which is worth doing if you if you like uh, the Titfield Thunderbolt is to go to Liverpool for their museum. Yep. Uh, it's basically the city museum, but um, fortunately the line is kind of entombed in there now. I think I don't oh. think it'll be coming out anytime soon. But uh, that's a shame. Yeah, it's good to go and see line though. I, so, such a lot of character in that little engine. Yeah, there is. And where else? So, so I did Swindon um, back in the summer uh, when lockdown had eased up a little bit before lockdown had uh, come back again. So that was quite good. For, obviously, that's the Great Western. Um, so it's it's not necessarily just the history of the Great Western, but it's the history of the works at Swindon. So yeah. If you can, so if you can imagine, uh, you had this community which was built around the railway. The town grew up around the railway. So um, they also started a lot of things which we take for granted almost today. They had their own sort of health service and things. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, I'm not sure how true it is, but they actually were the inspiration behind the NHS that we have today. Yeah, yeah, they were well ahead with it. Um, they had all kinds of societies. Um, back in the First World War, I think they were kind of pioneers of allowing women to work in the railways, unfortunately with limited roles. but uh, they It was still a start. Yeah, yeah. I had them working in, in the works doing the overhauls and things. Um, and, that, and I still prefer the LNER, don't get me wrong. 
but a, a GWR loco can look good. <laughs> I'm, I'm personally a GWR fan. <laughs> um, you could do with a bit more variation, if I'm honest, but um, but uh, they do look good. They really look good. I, I, I love all the, um, the brass trim and things like that on them. Very yeah, they, they do make an engine look smart. But again, as you say, you know, Mallard. Yeah. <laughs> Mallard is, she's the most beautiful. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fair play. So moving on then. So we've discussed loads so far. Fair play. Do, do you uh, model? Do you actually, you know, with you saying that uh, you're into railways, do, do you model? Yeah. Um, for a few scales, actually. Obviously, I started with Double uh, O many years ago as a kid. That's the most available thing. That's where I've got Thomas and everything. I've got four yeah. horses now, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, with. Uh, the modeling so i started off with double o and when i i started off with that as a kid and when i got back into it i i picked up all of my call me double o stuff that's yeah arrow gauge rather than double o <laughs> if you take my meaning um, yes i do i do but uh yeah so i kind of got back into it with that but i found with uh living at home at the time space was a bit of an issue so i actually went down to n scale yeah i'm engaged myself yeah and i did have a a small five by two layout uh for a little while and uh i still have all of my stock for it but uh i was finding things a little bit too fiddly so i was getting interested in things like uh well I, i i got interested in DCC for for one thing, and I was finding fitting chips to the locos was painful unless it was <laughs> CCC ready. <laughs> uh, I still have a few of my locos and things, and they occasionally get run. But um, I actually, I still have a, a, most of my stuff is double O scale, but I also went up again to O. Okay, um, which. I quite like the chunkiness of it. I like having the proper three-link couplings and things. Yeah, um, yeah. I find with um, O-Gage, it's very much a less is more. So okay. the locos you can get, I mean, if you if I go into a model shop now and buy a double O Pacific, it costs about £200 now. Yeah. Is for that for a little bit more, I can get an O scale R H Hunter, uh, or or a Terrier or something like that. So I've kind of pursued O scale a lot more. Um, I've got a few locos now. The biggest one I've got is the Turbo Motive. Um, right. MF Turbo Motive. Yeah, that was a. That was a fortunate eBay purchase, funnily enough. Uh, it, was, it was closely built. It, it still needs a lot of finishing, but it's it's a functioning loco. Uh, fascinating machine it was. Um, and I do also have an incomplete eye for the engine as well. In, in oh, yeah. you'll have to send me a photo of that. <laughs> I, I'll have to dig him out. It's, um, it's 
packed away, but uh, at the moment, but uh, he's very he's unfinished still. So he's got the chassis needs work because I haven't got him running right, and he doesn't have any transfers on. So he's just in the lime green at the moment. But uh, he's he was actually intentionally made overscale because okay because if you can remember either he's got kind of side skirts. Yes, he has. So he needed to to work as an as a seven millimeter model. He, he is actually over scale, so he's actually quite quite big and quite tall. Um, there was an equivalent double O kit, but I think it's probably quite rare and unusual now. If um, if you were trying, I don't to find recall it. seeing one in double O. To be honest, it was PH Designs. Um, if you if you have a look at PH Designs, I'm not sure if he still sells it. To be honest, he does little other bits and pieces for model railways, but I don't think he does those kits anymore. But yeah, so I've got I4, and the first actual loco I've kit built with mixed success <laughs> um, was Connoisseur Models. He does a, a starter kit, uh, which is an 040 based loosely on the Triang Nelly. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. So it's a simple kit. The The boiler is already pre-rolled and everything. So it's basically ready to be soldered together and uh, assembled. Um, Got to be Ooh, okay with a soldering iron. <laughs> I'll have to keep practicing with a soldering iron. Yeah. I really um, must. <laughs> I'm, I'm not very good at it myself. But... Um, but with the O scale, I I was looking at the fact that I've got the 32 millimeter track, and I thought, can I get anything in live steam which will run on this track? And there are O gauge live steam models, but um, I actually then looked at SM32, which yeah. is the 16 millimeter to the foot scale, and that's probably one of the that along with G scale, the 45 millimeter gauge, uh, those two are the most popular um, garden railway tracks. Yes, it is. So, so, yeah, I've got a couple of SM32 locos. So, the first one I bought, my first live steamer I bought, in fact, was a Mammoth Telford, mm-hmm. uh, which is. It's fast. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever seen a mammoth, they there's either not working or going a million miles an hour. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. So two options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Telford, that that's, that was an okay. That was a nice starter loco, but um, I, it's also a basic loco. So it's got a slip eccentric valve gear. Which, yeah. Basically, as you probably know, it's you, you have to push it to set the gear for it to go the direction you want it to go. Yeah. Um, but I wanted something a little bit more complex, I think. So I actually, through a series of kits, I built a roundhouse billy. Um, so, and you can do that 
through a series of kits. So you, you can buy the chassis, the boiler, and the bodywork separately. Yeah. Um, which is what I did. So I bought the chassis, then the boiler, and then the bodywork in that order. Um, and I got that, got that all built. I couldn't get the timing quite right, so I did book an appointment with the roundhouse at Doncaster to take it up to them, and they actually set it absolutely perfectly. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I got quite a lot of comments when I first took it to the uh, um, to my club meeting with the absolutely perfectly set valve gear. It runs like an, a sewing machine. I, I couldn't be happier with it. Uh, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's so smooth as well. Um, it's got a little whistle and everything. <laughs> when you see a model working like that, it's just perfection. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what I mean, what I've got compared to what I see at the clubs, you got the guys who have got the garrets and things, and it's like, well, that's half. That's, a fair chunk of a mortgage, I think. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, it's it's a fair chunk of a, a deposit for a house to buy. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's like when I went, I went to Worley, and uh, they had. I'm not a hundred percent sure of the of the scale, but it's um, you actually sit in the tender and drive oh. it yourself. So I'm not sh- sure what size gauge it was, but it was twenty five grand. But it was Evening Star. Uh, I might have said that. That might. It, I'm guessing that's probably seven and a quarter inch uh, gauge. But yeah, that sounds I, about right. I mean, yeah, because um, I've seen them where they have the seven and a quarter inch gauge and the five inch gauge, three and a half. Inch. Yeah, I think it was seven and a quarter. I think that's why I wasn't sure if it was five or seven and a quarter. Yeah, I mean, you'd need a trailer to put it on. Oh, it was huge. <laughs> As you said, it was it was a deposit for a house. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely magnificent machines, though, aren't they? Oh, yeah, pieces of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've I've been to Warley myself a few times. Um, it's great for getting. Hopefully, it's on this year. Hopefully, yeah. I, I was quite disappointed when it was uh, called off. Um, I think we all were. I mean, one. Uh, so you're ba- based over near Wales, aren't you? North Wales, I am. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So I was going to say Peterborough is a bit of a too far for you because we also have a big one in Peterborough each year. Actually, yeah, Peterborough two- is a trek, but there's nothing stopping me from doing a weekend of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's an open invite. Hit me up if you are. <laughs> I'll appreciate uh, that. I'll definitely take you up on that when it's open. Yeah. Yeah. Might might be able to sort you some digs. Um, oh sweet even better <laughs> yeah yeah uh, drop us a line uh, when you do yeah I will yeah. do but yeah so I will do yeah each year um, normally there's the 16mm society event which for the past few years has been held at the showgrounds and yeah um, there's also the festival of model railroad railways is it uh, so it's obviously not quite as big as Wally, but it, it's a fairly big show, uh, which is also at the showground as well. So yeah, we have a few, yeah we have a few uh, shows in that out this way. Uh, 
Peter is a very good location for trains. <laughs> it's, it really isn't that bad. Um, yeah, so, yeah, with the modelling, uh, modelling has kind of come into its own, especially this year, because... Yes, it's a hobby to do during lockdown, isn't it? So Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can quite happily have a little steam up at home with, uh, like, one of my... Uh, live steamers or what have you or you know run some express trains with the the double o gauge stuff i don't actually have a layout i just have track so i yeah run track halfway around the house there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that like wallace and gromit oh yeah it's fantastic <laughs> that's how it should be done <laughs> yeah anyway so to wrap up then i've got a couple of quick fire questions for you mm-hmm because it's been a, this has been a fantastic interview. I cannot thank you enough for coming on and just well talking trains. Yeah, I I, I could talk for another four hours if you really wanted. But... <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I wish we could. We'll get you back on again. And we'll talk some more. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So anyway, quick fire questions. I've got a couple of quick fire questions for you. Mm-hmm. Question one: What's your favourite beverage? Favorite beverage? Um, it's not say beer, obviously, but it's uh, I can't really say I've got a favorite beer. Uh, Lager, bitter, like, or stout? Ooh, I do like I do like my German lagers. Um, okay. I how do I say? It? I, I like a good fresh. Continental, mainly German, Bavarian, or Austrian, that sort of area. Good lager. I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. Question two. What's your favourite pie? Ooh. Now, there's a question. I like eating lots of pies. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly the pork pie. Oh, yeah. Uh, same as Rich. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the pork pie, because that goes really well at beer festivals. Um, it does. You do know that pasties are included in this as well. Well, I'm not a huge pasty fan. Mm. Sometimes, but I'm not. I'll, I'll take a pie over a pasty. Fair enough. Um, That's absolutely fine. <laughs> and the last question. What music do you like and what bands do you like? Well, um... A little bit of everything, but um, one of my favourite bands has been Rammstein. Oh, good choice. <laughs> yes. I've been lucky enough to see them twice. Oh. Yeah, twice, yeah. Uh, I've seen them myself, yeah. And there's nothing quite like it, is there? No, there isn't. There really isn't. <laughs> nothing quite like it. Well, that's a story for another time. Yeah, I was going to... I'll try and keep this PG. right well Craig it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you mate indeed thank you no it's alright we'll uh, we'll definitely try and get you back on again sometime if you're willing yeah yeah hit me up whenever I'll be happy to have you got any uh, socials you want to plug before we go Um, 
Oh, yeah, well, I was obviously going to have like a, a massive house party and you know? no, no, nothing. <laughs> no, nothing <laughs> I want my like a YouTube channel, stuff like that. Uh, well, I post regularly on my East Coast Steam channel on YouTube. I've, I've been, I, I don't really have any kind of format. I kind of make things up as I go along. So <laughs> I, that would be like um, this podcast then, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot, most of the, uh, most of the things I've been doing at the moment is sort of uh, reviews of uh, some Diablo locos, but in the past I've done quite a lot of videos of me going just to some railways and things. Um, I think the most popular one I made, which has got over 50,000 views, I'm kind of wow. proud of that, is uh, my Talithin 150 video. Yep. Um, but yeah, and for some reason, my second most popular is me talking about Hornby Thomas. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, I bought four of them now. They're Ooh, all I've different. Got a, I've got a backing and a Hornby. Yeah, Hornby changed this through the years, and it's quite interesting to see what they did in the early years because uh, they were very railway series-like in the early years. Yes, they were. That's why I liked them originally. Yeah. Yeah, I most recently picked up the, the, the final one they did with the, uh, uh, the sort of the painted uh, running boards and things. And sort of their last 2016 one. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what else did I do? I, I did have a blog for a bit as well, but that's kind of gone by the wayside because I've got nothing to write about. <laughs> Fair enough. So what's your YouTube channel called? Uh, East Coast Steam. Okay. Yeah. I'll make sure I'll put a link in that in the description. Yeah, I will uh, yep, yeah, I will drop you a link. That'd be great. No, that'd be cool. And yeah. <laughs> um, nothing else to plug, unfortunately. Uh, I wish I did. I wish I had like a store <laughs> or something people could buy stuff from, but I don't. <laughs> oh, well, we'll get there one day, won't we? I hope so. <laughs> we will. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I just want to... I'll make my millions out of trains somehow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what, they're all, what we're all trying to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> buy me out. Buy me That's it. Yeah. Anyway, Craig, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on this podcast. Yeah, that, that was great. It was great to have a good witter and have someone listen to me. <laughs> oh. So you take care of yourself, and we'll speak yeah. to you very soon. Thank you for having me on. More than welcome. Cool. All right. More than welcome. Speak to you soon. Take care. And. Okay, so a massive thank you to Craig for joining me on today's podcast. It was absolutely fantastic chatting to him. I got a real insight into what he kept up to as a rail fan rather than a volunteer and was very interested, especially in the foreign places he's been. My next guest is a guy called Peter Dickinson who also has a few interesting stories to tell. So hopefully you'll tune in and hopefully you'll enjoy. Stay safe and take care.